Craft Beer Radio episode 226, October 7th, 2012. Even TV. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Though, um, what, so, whatever happened to predictability? That's we'd have to ask Danny Tanner. Yes. All right. So yeah, we're still doing our goofy intro things. Just, just deal we're, with it. We're, we're we're having too much fun to stop. Our list today is hoppy. We well, kinda. I mean, this is kind of a cream ale. Oh, I thought this one. I'm surprised. I saw so, I saw a six point. I thought it was. Was hoppy, but so kind of. Well, I mean, I, we're starting with hoppy. We're starting with with a double IPA. I would from, have opened the cream ale first if you would have spoke up a little bit quicker. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is Southern Star Brewing's uh, Pro Am Twenty Twelve Double IPA. It's uh, they say their ingredients and malt they will post soon. <laughs> Started production July 2012. It's October 7th. You decide. So this is um, one of their seasonal. Well, you know it's a pro am, so it's a one only. But right. Southern Star has seasonal cans, which is kind of a novelty because you know you have to get the label printed on yeah, the can, yeah. and you have to get a lot of them. So breweries are typically limited to the beers that they can put out in cans. But what Southern Star did is they printed up a generic can. With a white ring around the top, which they adhere a sticker to. So it says Southern Star Seasonal, and it just has a generic, you know, logo of, of the seasons. There's snow and flowers and leaves and sun. And then, uh, yeah, this just says Pro Am Ale on the, uh, the sticker. The All right, well, let's see if we can get a little bit of in- information on this sucker, at least from our eyes and our noses and our mouths this is a caramel color ipa it's uh not clear at all it's really cloudy um which is fine by me but if you've looked for clarity in your beer this is not one to go for it has about an, uh two fingers worth of a nice pillowy head and has a really deep kind of cascady smell i like it a lot mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's a Nice rich gold color, and uh, it's a very quiet beer. I'm going to use sound. I'm going to use my auditory senses as well this time. It's a quiet beer. I don't know about quiet. I mean, it's a nice hoppy big. In the, keep You're, your mind. I no 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 auditory, not olfactory. Well, it, it's hard to tell because we have these headphones on. If we put it up to the mic, they're not really going to pick up much. So. That's not a good uh, a good descriptor. It has a big malt body to it. Mm-hmm. It's um, oh, and it finishes nice and bitter in the end. So it definitely has this interplay going where you know it's just not a hops and water IPA. Yeah, big malt up front. You're thinking, oh, it's it's a bit English. There's a bit more caramelly malts there than you would normally expect. Now, but I, then I, it gets really. Hoppy towards the end. If you ask me, there, there's a taste of Simcoe in here. I, I think that there's, uh, you know, I, I smell a lot of Cascade on the nose, but but in in the taste, I taste a lot of Simcoe, a lot of high alpha. So it's it's a it's a pretty bitter hop with a lot of alpha acids. Um, there's there's a good deal of malt to try to balance that out, but like Jeff says, it does end kind of bitter. Although there's a juiciness to it. 
Trying to dig into the uh, hop flavor a little bit more. I, I, I maybe taste a little bit of Centennial there. Uh, definitely Cascade. So it, it, it's got a... The, the bitterness is, is, is much less on the spicy side, much more on the fruity side. Much more towards the grapefruit, but then like a big resinous dump that the the cask mm-hmm. that the uh, the Simcoe's and stuff take. So you get this kind of this this really forward push of this this I don't know any way to describe it than hoppy. This big kind of resinous hoppy. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't translate to other f- fruits very yeah, well. It almost has like a distilled hoppy type flavor. Where right, it's concentrated. You know, there's just they put so much hops. Dry hop this thing probably. You know, it definitely has this concentrate flavor to it, the hop part of it. And it, it doesn't really, to me, I'm not really pulling out, like, fresh fruits, really. It's more of that, you know, think of, think of like, fruit juice concentrate, you know. Yes. Like, like the yes. analog of that, you know, where, and then you're also getting a little bit of, you know, resiny, piney, perhaps just a bit, but something more generic than that. And really, it it just has this... I almost, yeah. I almost want to say, like, I mean, it, it's a potent hoppiness, but it's almost a nondescript hoppiness, right? Like, where it doesn't really have any particular signature to me. I, that's the thing is that, I, like I said, I, you know, it, it's it's coming to me across as not, um, not not not, not, not fruity like a particular hop, mm-hmm. but it's coming to me as as a a strain of hop, you know, like I said, I can pick mm-hmm. out Simcoe. I think I, I feel that pretty strongly that that's there. So sure. that's coming through. But we had a listener, Steve, ask us about making hop bitters. And this kind of reminds me, this is this this is probably what you'd get if you sort of made a hop bitter yourself. A, a, a similar taste, uh, probably more bitter and, and stronger and more mm-hmm. concentrated. But right. I would not be surprised if they ended up tasting on the tongue a lot like this. Yeah, I... I- I really d- couldn't. I don't have any experience to really. Count. No, I don't even know what. Like, I don't have any bitters in my bar, so I really wouldn't right. know what you know what normal bitters taste. I haven't imagined. I can imagine what it tastes like, but I don't know what it tastes like. So it's kind of like, if you're thinking bitter, you're not very far off the train <laughs> off the track. <laughs> I wanted to mention this because this was really cool. Uh, Matt sent us an email saying that. Um, on the on the Twit podcast, uh, Sarah Lane showed the one of the some podcasts that are on her iPad, and one of them was Craft Beer Radio. So, if really? you're listening, Sarah and or significant other and or whoever, uh, we're big fans of you. I was a huge fan of Twiff. My Twiff was one of my favorite shows, and it was on with you and Martin. So, if you can get that started again, awesome. Anyway, thanks for listening. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool finding out that you know someone like that listens. It's like I was listening to um Marketplace last week. You know, this isn't really a direct tie. It's it's not direct tie at all. Don't even get your hopes up people, but uh you know, and they did a thing where it was it was some, you know, it was the 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 kind of humorous bit they close out the show with, right? You know, like oh there's that interesting report or study. Yeah. And it was about the like what kinds of beers are most Republican and most Democrat and things like that? Oh, I read that. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, Sam Adams was was more Republican. And what was the Democrat one? Shinerbach. Or no, no, Shinerbach was really Republican. Gold's Texas. Damn. Right. Uh, but actually, the report had like almost no 
craft beers, you know, other yeah. than like Shinerbach and maybe Sam Adams. So like Kai Rizdal, the host of the show, he you know says about like why doesn't the craft beer get some love or something? Like you get almost like hey, he might he might be part of the you know he might be on our team, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like I think wouldn't it be cool to like you know pipe dream get him on the show and talk more like the economics of oh wow there's a photo and everything mm-hmm. huh that that's pretty cool yeah and what was that what was the what it was, was uh, apparently it was i5 their iphone show oh okay oh they're showing the new podcast app or something i guess like yeah wow neat We're big fans. For, I, I was a fan of yours. If you're listening, God, who knows if she's even listening. I was a fan of, of, of Here's the show. Savers from Here's the Tech the show. TV days. Here's where the show just falls apart because, yeah. yeah. oh my God, our viewers <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tech TV days. Way back then. So, not quite ZDNet, but Tech TV. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is the, like we said, Southern Star. Uh, they're, they're double IPA. Pretty strongly bitter, uh, and 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 strangely though, not like not a not a West Coast bitter, just kind of maybe deep and bitter. Maybe it's Texas bitter. Yeah, maybe it's just Texas bitter. <laughs> maybe this is just what you get when you live there. I don't know. <laughs> no, we've had great Texas beer, so I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's got a it's got a kind of um, uh, you know you know what's funny here is that. There are leaves. There's like so. It's, it's, it's well, their it's seasonal. Just, it's their seasonal cans. There's flowers and there's snowflakes and there are leaves. Mm-hmm. There's something about a pile of leaves that is reminiscent of some of the flavor in here, <laughs> not, not like in a good way, perfumey sure, sort sure. of way, right? So, the funny the things that make connections in your. Uh... All right, so we'll move on to the sixth point, which is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. This was an uh, implementation error here. Cream ale after the double IPA. Well, Beer Advocate defines it as a cream ale. They don't define it. They say hard to define on their website. Uh, but 5.2 ABV, 34 IBUs. It's called uh, Sweet Action. It's from 6 point. It is a, it's 12 SRM. So that's a pretty. It's kind of a kind of a deep copper is what it's coming out as. Uh, another thing with a nice big head, about three fingers mm-hmm. here, and tiny, tiny bubbles, tiny bubbles. Another one that's not very clear. A little, a little more clear, but not very. So cream ales are interesting. They are uh, lagers brewed with ale yeast, mm-hmm. and they can bring some very interesting flavors to the party. Uh, the 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 most common and, and uh, the the one that you you will see nationwide is Genesee cream ale. That's sort of the the mass produced one, but there are other ones that uh, that try to craft up the style a little bit. Yeah, it's an ale version of American-style lager produced by ale brewers to compete with lager brewers in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states. So it's kind of a regional thing. Yeah. Also, uh, originally known as 
sparkling or present use ales. Lager strains were and sometimes still are used by some brewers but are not historically mixed with ale strains. Hmm. Typically, you know, another thing, I, I wanted to pull up the thing to make sure I was right on this, but they typically do use a six-row malt instead of a two-row malt. You know, it, it's using the... Um, the cheaper stuff. The cheaper stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if adjuncts like, yeah, like flake corn maize uh, in the mash, and do, that's one of the reasons they use the six-row. It is cheaper, but it has a higher, that higher, remember if you remember the higher diastatic power, yeah. Yeah. so it has enzymes to convert things that don't come with enzymes, like corn or rice, things like that. The They say on the website, like I said, uh, they, they have a description of it, part pale ale, part wheat, part cream ale. So they do acknowledge cream ale in there, but they they obviously have wheat in there, and they say part pale ale, which makes you think that there's going to be some pale malts and a generous addition of hops. I'd say there's a generous addition of hops, especially for cream ale. Yes. It's... I didn't spend much time on the aroma because I really couldn't smell I couldn't smell anything either. After that big hot bomb, there was nothing really coming through. Yeah. And you might have been able to smell something if we hadn't had... If we started with this, but it's it, it's rough. But there there's a, there's a really good balance here. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting uh, a judicious amount of hops into a cream ale presents a, a different take. Cream ales kind of have a... I, I actually, I, I grew up sort of having, a, my dad was into cream ale, so I had this, this sort of taste for it, which, it, it's it's somewhat of, you probably would call it an off flavor, but I'm, I'm struggling to figure out a way to describe it. However, the hops cover up a lot of that and just sort of present you with this smooth and, and silkiness. Uh, that, that you typically get in a cream, cream ale, and then you're getting sort of a hop blanket. Well, you get that, you get that adjunct flavor, that corn flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, from beers that typically have corn. I have had one Genesee in my life, and it was before I uh, ever um, was into beer, really. So I have no idea what a Genesee <laughs> tastes like. Maybe we should try it sometime. Uh, you know, I've had a few other. You know, we have had nuclear spotted cow. We can't get it here. You know. But, but we have had the opportunity to try it. That's that's techn- that's listed as a cream ale. Um, I don't remember when have we had that. Was it? That was a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Probably. And then uh, Anderson Valley's uh, Summer Solstice. Yes, is, that's is one. listed as a cream ale, but they it's, kind of it's add- it's kind of iffy. It's it's yeah. They, they actually it, it. I think they add lactose to that, right? I don't think they had lack. I swear they had it's some kind of sweeter than like normal. a vanilla type flavor yeah, to it or something. Yeah, there's something going on there. that's either vanilla or lactose or something. Anderson Valley just... is notoriously tight-lipped with how they make their beers. When we first started doing the show, when I had time to prep and like, I would email breweries to try to get you know details on the beers, and they would not even tell me what hops, what what varieties of hops they used in their beers. So it's a different world now. I mean, it, everyone's sharing with everybody else. I mean, their websites have all this information now. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that – I don't know whether Anderson Valley is – probably the Anderson Valley is probably just as tight lived as they were. I think, you know, if they're under the same ownership, they're probably just the same. But most brewing – most Not beer sure. companies that have opened up now are much more open about their process. In fact, they – Even back then, they yeah. were – I mean, 
We're only talking 2005. It was things were almost just as open then. Just Anderson Valley. When they said no, I can't tell you the hops in the beer. I was like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. No, I'd have a hard time telling you what hop, what this is hopped with, because it's just really bittering. We're, I'm not getting very much in the way of floral notes. I'm about like halfway through my half of the can. No, so about a quarter way through a 16 ounce. Carrot the four. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm starting to taste more of of that cream uh, flavor, that vanilla flavor, where I don't know if it's because we were just talking about Anderson Valley, but I started to taste a little bit of that. Um, you know, now that the hops are kind of getting accustomed on my palate, mm-hmm. I'm able to taste some of the other things. It, 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 I, it's pretty good. It, and it doesn't have that that adjunct that DMSE type flavor that right. you right. you have from a lot of those mass market it, corn it, type it's beers. it's not a Genesee yeah it's not an ad I mean there 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 may be a, there's wheat in here definitely they say so whether or not there's corn in here I, I tend to doubt it I don't taste what you know what comes off as corn like like Jeff says corn gives gives a combination of, of DMS and sweet and I'm not getting that yeah, corn's not a requirement for a cream ale. Right. It just says here adjuncts can include up to twenty percent flake maize, and up to twenty. Oh, and up to twenty percent glucose or other sugars in the boil. Soft water is preferred. Interesting. I remember. I imagine in- soft water, so we can you can grab onto all the adjuncts. Oh, it's uh, pil- think pilsners. Pilsners are soft water type, right? You know, beer. And, you know, a lot of cream ales. This one's probably the darkest one I can think of. You know, a lot of them are, are very delicate, you know, light beers. I this think. is this is a chemistry question. Soft versus hard water. What are we talking about? And it's it's about how much of the water has dissolved minerals in it. Mm-hmm. And the harder it is, it means that there's more dissolved minerals in, in the water. Water is a fantastic solvent, and it, it holds on to minerals very well. It helps that it's polar. It's a polar molecule. So it grabs onto things very easily. So the softer it is, basically, there are salts inside of it that help it not grab onto minerals. And, you know, potassium or sodium salts. And the harder it is, the more it grabs onto things like calcium, stuff like that, iron, things right. like that. Or it can just be... Neutral, Either, you know, it's a potassium. It's almost like distilled water, yeah. and and different kinds of beers perform better under different water hardnesses. And historically, a lot of you guys aren't going to know this already, but historically, that's why certain styles arose in certain geographies. You know, that's why pale ale grew up in Burton upon, Burton upon Trent, or, or you know, near there, because there's notoriously hard water there, and and hard water and hops go together well. You know, and pilsners came up in Pilsen really really soft water and mm-hmm. you know um stouts and dark beers they like harder waters and then ireland has you know dublin has really hard water and uh you'll see, see some of that you know even in the united states where it's much more you know newer thing but you'll find some breweries make amazing pilsners where other ones don't and you know water's a big thing there now a lot of breweries can make their water to be whatever they want right they can reverse osmosis filter it so they have a completely neutral palate and they can add just the salts or just the minerals in they want to pretend they source the water from any place on the planet. 
whether everyone the does magic that magic of not. chemistry. Yes. But, you know, you like, we've talked before about how, you know, eastern Pennsylvania has a rash of really good Pilsner breweries. They all share, you know, the same water, more or less, so. Which is weird because where I live, at least, it's pretty hard water. There's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of calcium in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know uh, an acquaintance of mine has had a couple kidney stones, and they say it's because of the calcium in his water. He's further further along in McKeesport, mm-hmm. where it's even harder. But you actually have a reverse osmosis filter in your system, right? Or is it the the reverse osmosis is just up on the tap upstairs? Okay. I do have a whole house water softener, though. So it's, so, yeah, it's yeah. lots of lots of uh, sodium in the water. So Jeff has to. Have separate for for his system. He has to have separate uh, soaps because most soaps include uh, Softener. water softeners in them. And uh, we did have special soap, and we used it all up over the last like five years. And now <laughs> we just use just a tiny touch of soap. Hmm. But he doesn't use that for his beer. We use tap. We use basically tap water right from your from your garden hose is filtered. Yeah, actually. Uh, a lock of everything in the house goes through the water softener, but the way they had to install the water softener, the tap, the faucet that's in the garage is on the chlorine side of that. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> that I just run through a you know chlorine, you know, charcoal water filter, and that's what I use for brewing. So yeah, I don't have the um, soft, soft water that I would get from my kitchen faucet. I that used- might mean that you make a good pilsner. We haven't tried your lagering rig yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. I have not. I, I used to buy uh, spring water, you know, at the you know from a, the beer distributor, you know, five gallon bottles of spring water, and then I just started trying using the water from the tap, and you know, I really haven't had any noticeable or be, you know, provable big differences. <laughs> so I figured, you know, I'm just going to go this route. It's cheaper and easier than you know, always having sure you get water from the beer distributor i'll say this the beer that we made which will probably be a, be on a special show in a couple of weeks uh there'll be a special show about the brew that we made that beer from what i tasted on wednesday tasted pretty damn good it did it does taste pretty good so i'm really interested to see what it tastes like when it's carbonated and and dried out um but yeah i think it turned out rather well i think so too there's an advantage sometimes of just doing a uh, an all um, uh, doing non mash. Just doing all the extract uh, bash because mm-hmm. you 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 know what you're gonna get. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I, I can tell the story while I'm pouring the next beer. It's funny we got a more a higher volume of beer out of an extract kit than than expected. And I'm not sure where I messed up. It's like, because when you're doing a mash or an all-grain batch, right, your efficiency can vary, mm-hmm. you know, from 75 up to, you know, 88, 89, 92% maybe. And, uh, you know, so the volume of beer you get really depends on how good your efficiency was. Well, I don't know. I mean, we, we'd started with 12 gallons, and, and we, we figured that would boil off, and it didn't totally. It didn't boil off. So I thought the beer was going to be weaker than it should have been. Then we took a gravity reading, and it was right on yeah, where it was supposed to be. It nailed it. So that's like, how'd I get more volume? <laughs> <laughs> well, it did boil off a little, because we, we, we had to pour out some, oh, right? No, it, it, it did boil off, yes. I'm just saying we got more volume 
from extract than we then we should have. Maybe we just did a really good job of cleaning out those milk cart, you know, uh, getting all the everything out of the milk jugs. And they we did a, a, we we did good. They might build in a margin of error that people aren't going to, you know, pour hot liquor back into the the <laughs> extra uh, the uh, liquid extract jugs to get it all out. That's what I typically do. So this is Freetail uh, Freetail Brewing. Excuse me, Freetail Brewing's Broken Treaty IPA, which is. IBUs forty five, alcohol volume six point eight percent. It is from San Antonio, Texas, and that's all I got. They don't even have it on their website. This is stuff from Rape Beer, so I don't really have much more information on it. So did this sounds vaguely familiar? We didn't do this recently, did we? Uh, we did other free tales. Yes, but I think we might have done this one too. Did we do this one? I, I mean, we've done other ones. We may have done. We may it have. Would have been one of the first uh, shows from Bill. Yeah. We... It looks kind of familiar. I think we may have done like a, a maybe an oaked version or something like that. No, Treaty's not in the in the notes. Okay, so uh, let's see. They have a bunch of writing on the side here. Um, Trying to parse out the now. Beer. Here's a clear beer. This is this is pretty crystal clear. We have it says English style. We have a freckle beer, as opposed to the other ones. This one you can see right through it. Although it does have a a penny copper color, not quite the dark copper that the last one was, and about a half finger's worth of head going on here. The treaty of a pretty malty aroma too. This is almost something that we'd use here on a stone label. It, it's just kind of pontific- either I can't read or it's just pontificating. You can't read. You're not good at that. I can't read out loud. I can normally read silently and comprehend what the words are, but that one just doesn't. I can't follow what they're saying. <laughs> uh, whether we are talking the Kyoto Accords, nuclear nonproliferation, the Treaty of Pohinans, the the Peace of Bautzen, the 1018 AD version, they make special mention of. Promises made to Pen- Panatica Band, a pledge to put America before political labels or a reasonable promise to try to write better beer labels than this. <laughs> I didn't get that far. That made make- this IFBAB a first step in keeping our promises and working together towards a civil and prosperous planet. Clever. Uh, so they have an ingredients list here. Maris Otter Crystal and Dark Crystal Malt, Malted Oats, uh, and... Earthy English countryside aromatic hops. Interesting way to put it. English ale yeast, uh, limestone filtered, Edwards Aquifer HTO, like all their water. And uh, and remember, they, they, they have a whole different stuff. They have it like Texas Pride. This, this one is unwavering commitment to our word. That's the special ingredient <laughs> this way. So, uh, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it broken treaty. I didn't get to the punchline, I guess. I'm like, this is not making sense. Why? I thought I knew English, but... <laughs> gotta read faster, you gotta be snappy, snappy, snappy. That's something that, uh, listen to the pre show. I learned that from my parents, and. Uh... <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, on to the beer. So, like I said, a, a, a kind of penny copper, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a nice hop and malt balance in the aroma there. Yeah, there's, um,. Uh, maybe it's the Maris Otter that's coming through. It doesn't have that typical barley, 
you know, the the caramel barley. No, there's it's a, a darker. Little, it's that. It's almost. It's not. It's not quite oatmeal, but there's something a little more creamy, creamy to it in the aroma. I would say it's kind of a darker roast. It's sort of a coffee kind of uh, aroma to it. It's sort of a, a, a hit on the the coffee side, mm-hmm. or the barbecue side, maybe. Maybe something along barbecue the lines side. of like barbecue ribs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying. There's a little bit of of you know. Uh, uh, not I don't know charm, but maybe melanoidin or something in there. You know, a little bit of heat-induced coloring. Greg's pointing at his beer and nodding approvingly. Yes, that's that is that's quite good. So you have a a twist on your on your IPA. I think you have sort of a a, a twist towards the. Towards the barbecue, towards that mm, little North Carolina bit of that, right? So you have almost a sweet <laughs> sort of barbecue-y, mesquite kind of flavor that goes along with a bit of hoppiness. It's interesting you pulled up North Carolina barbecue. And do you know why? Why? I don't know why. There, Tell me. There is a baby infection in here. And barbecue, Carolina, North Carolina barbecue is vinegar-based. Oh, oh. And there's a baby infection in here. No wonder I pulled it up. A baby infection. So it's it's it's. Wait. It's not ruining the beer, but it, it's there. Wait. It has a little a tang. It has this Wait. weird tang to yeah. it that you know doesn't belong in the beer. But it's funny because you say, uh, "I'm thinking like, yeah, it's a it's a it's a vinegar sauce, a vinegar yeah. Carolina sauce." <laughs> I, I happened to have had ribs today, which had a, a, a pretty good barbecue sauce that uh, that my friend's mother asked me to, to try to identify because she said I have a good palate, mm-hmm. which is frankly because of this show and because of you know all, all you who support it and people who send in beers. So we've had plenty of time to, to evolve my palate. And so I could detect things like, mm, there's there's a little bit of like mango in here, a little bit of strawberry. But what I could really detect very strongly was that this was made not with white or red wine vinegar, but this was made with apple cider vinegar. And there's a vinegary thing in here mm-hmm. that's going on. And I think that's sort of why I'm, you know, I was yeah. detecting a little barbecue in the mm-hmm. rib area. Yeah. I mean, the beer is generally still good. It, it, it's, it's good to drink. Just has that thing that's just not perfect. So let's try to ignore that. And the thing is, I think it's eating up some of the hoppiness, too. Mm. And typically, when you get that kind of... Um, what would that be? Would that be a lactobacillus? No, nah, it's not a lactic. What, so, vinegar is... I'm having a brain fart right now. That is made by acetobacter. Yeah, it's right, acetic yeah, acid. It's going to be acetic acid. So... Yeah. so it is um okay so i i remember why i was having a hard time remembering now i forgot why i was trying to remember that uh, <laughs> um so acetobacter you know is is not something oh that's what i was going to say typically when we get these beers that you know have these acetic acetobacter infections it also de- destroys the hop profile in the beer mm-hmm. you know we've had these beers that are IPAs, you know, they have this kind of infection. They're not hoppy at all, you know, and I think 
that's what's happening here. It's it's it makes it. It's on its way, but it's, it's just barely. Yeah. I mean, it just started. Well, I would say. You, <sighs> I mean, is is noticeable enough to be there? The the acetic acid is just noticeable, but the damage is done to the hops is moderate. Uh, acetic acid, uh, a fairly uh, fairly simple compound, a compound that's found in space, actually. Uh, so very interesting, as far as I'm concerned, at least. <laughs> I didn't know that, yes. and I don't really see the benefit in. I'm not a better person for knowing that now. <laughs> yeah. There's vinegar in space, yay! It's it's interesting that space can produce uh, comp- compounds that we would consider to be pretty complex and only mm. come from from life, and yet Biological we can detect functions. them. We can detect them in, in gas clouds, so. That ought to tell you something. Yeah, okay, you're right. I was just being flippant. Yeah, the beer is generally still good. I mean, when you drink it, it it kind of tastes... um, English pale ale, somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, this is is intended to be an English pale ale. It's intended to be an English IPA. In English, I pay versus English pale ale. What's the difference, really? Uh, it, it, it's a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the difference you're talking about. And it's um, you know I like the maltiness here. The, the vinegar is is less and less apparent as you drink it. And I think especially if you had this fresh, it would be even mm-hmm. even less apparent uh, or or not at all. So I I would say yeah, this is a this is really interesting and and, and pretty pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm liking it even even with the slight infection. I think it, it adds character. <laughs> it's battle scars. So the 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 chemical uh, description of acetic acid is CH three CO two H, or if you were to look at it as in in the description, you'd see basically the center would be two carbon atoms. You'd have a double bond with an oxygen. One would have an hydroxyl. One of the carbons has a oxygen, double bond with oxygen and a single bond to a hydroxyl group. And then it would also be bonded <laughs> yes, to another carbon. Excellent radio, Greg. It looks a little bit like a dog. The, the other carbon the would, would have three hydrogens. Molecule looks That's like a dog. Acid. See, that makes better radio. I, I like being descriptive. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> Oh, I open this one up a little soon. Greg's still working on the beer. And the last beer of the night is the Tasman Red from Samuel Adams. They call this a red IPA. Oh, nice. Hops. Topaz and Galaxy from Tasmania. What? Wow. Malt's okay. Two Row Harrington Metcalf and Copeland. Sounds like they're using all kinds of experimental ingredients, doesn't it? That's not what they say on their website. Okay, so this is what they say on their website. Um, maybe they, I mean what they say on their on their bottle is probably right. What they say on their website is probably wrong because the bottle probably has the correct information. However, I will tell you what they say on their website. They say that this is a sixty IBU. Uh, 45 SRM, which is a pretty, it's, it's, it's close to pretty dark brown ale. Uh, malt varieties with the Sam Adams two-row pale malt blend, which I guess has some of those malts that you have in Harrington there. Harrington Metcalf and Copeland. Yeah. yeah. Special, Special B, B and Carafa 3. 
It says uh, Rosa de Hasmol, so that's the crop of three. Caramel 60. Like they say, the Australian topaz and galaxy are their hops. And they use the Sam Adams Ale yeast. It is 16.4 degrees Play-Doh, 6.75 alcohol by volume, 5.3% alcohol by weight. And in case you're interested, which is kind of hard to tell because this is a larger bottle, but at 12 ounces, 223 calories. Okay, so this wildly red IPA gets its character from the Tasmanian hops that are full of... I'm not going to read that. No, uh, Tasmanian devil. I'm tainted. IPA. This flavorful brew is rounded and smooth. Tasmanian hops. This is batch number two of the Tasman Red. Malts. Brew. Oh, see, you're, I didn't read them, so you wouldn't be spoiled by the. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I was just, I was going through and, and picking out the words that didn't describe things, but I, I tried not to commit in the memory. So yeah, big, big aroma there. Something, something different. Something. Uh, first thing, I, I'll, I'll just say what came to my mind first. First thing, and that's like blue cheese. Like there's a hint of like the the funky veiny blue cheese or something. I agree. You know what? It's it's not quite your typical blue. It's more like a buttermilk blue. So yeah. a little bit uh, sweet along with mm-hmm. that. There's also a great rich malt aroma too. Uh, and I smelled that the first time, but it's not what sets off the alarms. Yeah. Right? yeah. What sets off the alarms is ding, 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 ding. There's something weird like blue cheese going on in there. But the, the malt aroma is very nice. It's rich. It, it's... Um, Let's see. Now, here's the interesting thing. This is one of those beers that I really do like to smell. It's got a really interesting aroma to it and uh, and very enticing. However, not air freshener. This is not something I would no. like in my car because no. it would get pretty stinky and bad, I think, if you overwhelmed yourself with it. Yeah, the, the malt part of the aroma, though, it's, it's, this, it's this deep, rich, roasty, caramelly malt. You know, it's... Uh, I mean, roasty is not really the right word. Toasty. Toasty. Toasty is a better, much better word than roasty. I agree. I agree. I think uh, toasted is better than roasted for this one. You have slight caramel as opposed to over-saturation with right. uh, charcoal. So, I mean, maybe let's try to put that into some perspective, you know, with, like, other things, you know. So, toasted would be along the lines of Oktoberfest, Meritzen. Roasted would be... Porter, maybe some brown ales, you know, that's kind of where I, the difference. So this kind of has that kind of Oktoberfest type, toasty type character. Or if you're not too experienced with beer, you have a slightly toasted bread that's a little bit brown versus a dark and charred piece of bread. You're you're dealing with, with two different equations of the very, of exactly the same. Uh, sorry about the sound here, it's going to get a little crazy for a little bit, but this should pick up and i think it's just our no it's not i listened to it and it's not it gets bad yes it's it's uh it's pretty bad it's back to normal no it's uh, okay sorry about that we we may have to replace the soundboard at some point because it's uh getting a little spotty at times anyway so that that difference 
is is a good way. To, I mean, it, you have the same proteins and the same everything, but you have you can get just by putting a different amount of heat on it. Mm-hmm. You can get a difference in in your level of sugars and and the way in which the, the sugars interact with your tongue. And I think that this is the same way. So you're much more on the lighter, toasty side than you are on the dark, roasty side. So you have that slightly bready, partly toffee aroma and flavor. I haven't tasted it yet, but 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 aroma as opposed to mm-hmm. the uh, slightly acidic, but uh, kind of dark and charcoaly, uh, but deep. Uh, flavors of the the blackened bread or something along those That's lines. That's well put. Has a it's hop forward, but it's not a big hop forward. It's funny you say it's hop forward because I don't feel that way mm-hmm. at all. I, I think it's pretty malt forward. I think it, it's pretty strongly in, in in sort of a toffee range. I get a lot of toffee from this. I get a nice balance from the hops, but I don't get. I get what what uh, I, I get kind of an ideal sort of red ale flavor, which is uh, a, a toffee forward but still hoppy. And I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I like it. I do too. I, I still I'm tasting the. I mean, it's it's a good balance. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting the hops a little bit in front of the the malt, whereas the, the aroma was a little bit, it was opposite, where the malt was really, you know, owning the aroma. So the more I taste, the more I'm getting hoppier. The okay. hoppier it's getting, the more I taste. The first taste I got was, was, was pretty strongly malty, and this is getting a little bit, it, it's cutting away the butterscotch. And it's putting some uh, tangy orange and grapefruit and stuff like that in its place. It has a... This just could be me trying to make connections in my perceptions. But it it really reminds me of like Latitude 48. It just has... It's almost like a Sam Adams IPA house flavor or something. I don't know. It just has the the, the dryness, the, you know, the, the dryness, the carbonation, the the general... Feel just—I don't know. It feels like a Sam Adams IPA. I don't know. It's weird. I think you're right on the money. I—I I really do. I think you're—you're you're nailing it. I think this has a latitude. I latitude forty-eight feel all the way. This is surprisingly evocative of that beer. Uh, so much so that I'm wondering if they—if they use a similar recipe. It might be their ale yeast is yeah. a big part. I mean, they said that you you know this sounded pretty experimental with the the Tasmanian hops. They don't use those hops in Latitude Forty Eight. You know, we've I, tasted. I, I wouldn't have picked it out, but I think you're 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 right on. You're spot on. This is this tastes very similar to Latitude Forty Eight. But it's not the, it's not the entire flavor. It's just kind of like this house feel of it right mm-hmm. because it does have that toastiness you know the the, the lingering aftertaste what, what you I, really get a lot more toast in the end you know and what i think is similar is the balance i think that the the way they strike a balance between the malt and hops and i wouldn't be surprised if you know they did a lot of experimentation with this and they got mm-hmm. the balance that they liked and it's very similar to the balance that they got in latitude 48 and, and that balance is kind of interesting where, where the hops are bleeding into the malt and the malt is sort of bleeding into the hop, and it's kind of the, this interplay between both of them, and it, mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty clever. 
but it's it's a little and I think you picking out out through forty eight kind of nails it because it's also kind of indicative of a lot of what Sam Adams tries to do, which is really kind of try try to play play both sides. Uh, and there's uh, so instead of going one way or the other, there's kind of sort of I don't know. I I think Loud Two Forty Eight is fantastic. I really like it. It's 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 a go to IPA for me. I, I just really dig it. So I wouldn't. I disagree if you were trying to characterize it as safe or as... I'm not know, saying it's safe. I'm saying that they're trying a different direction. Okay. And and that direction is, 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 is like I said, a play both sides, is, is to not accentuate one over the other, but to play them both together. Okay. And that's an interesting way to take it. And it, it's fun and, and good. It's probably not what I prefer. But I... I think that they're they're doing yeoman's work by producing something like this. I I, I like the idea, and uh, and I, I like the attitude behind it. I I think that it's going to draw more people in than it's not. However, I think that if you're looking for a strong hoppiness, then you're going to probably need want to find that somewhere else. Yes, yes. If you're looking for you know, big West Coast hoppy. You're not going to find, you're not going to find it in the uh, Sam Adams Tasman Red. Right. All right. So let's uh, let's do some ranking. Let's here. do it. Time for me to pull out my text pad. Woohoo! Text editor, isn't it? Text edit. Yes. I see. I, I'm still I'm stuck in the Windows word where I think of Notepad. So. Forgive me. I have both a Windows machine and a Mac. I don't know. It's kind of... I mean, I really don't... I liked them. I liked the beers tonight, you know? Yeah, sure. I'm with you. Uh, so it's going to be hard because there's no clear winners. There's no clear losers. I have an idea in my head. but I'm one, I want to see what you say first. Three cans, two bottles. Well, one of the cans is pre-show beer, but I'm going to right. include it because it would show me two. Well, if you include the pre-show beer, then... Huh. Everything's out the window. It changes things. It changes things. Significantly, if you ask me. <laughs> this makes horrible radio. I don't know where... I'm, I'm just trying to, to fill the... Yes. Um, the the silence as you choose your beer selection. Okay, what have uh, you found? I'm gonna I'm gonna mail it in because I I'm not sure if this All is right. right or wrong. I don't know the correct answer here. Uh, number one, uh, last minute change here. I think. Do do do. Imagine, imagine the possibilities, Jeff. Yes. Uh, the the Pro Am IPA from Southern Star. Let's put him up front. Uh, he was quite tasty. Good IPA. Even though you know, I was maybe sounded a little bit harsh that I, where I said like his his hop flavor was nondescript but potent. I didn't you know. Not really a knock. It's just kind of an observance, right? So, uh, but I it was a good drinker. Uh, number two, pre-show beer. We did the Pale Dog from uh, Hops and Grain. Hops and Grain. Uh, we used him in the pre-show because we already did him on the main show weeks ago. Uh, very good, you know, pale ale, 
yeah. IPA. Yeah. Big hoppy American pale ale. Quite good. Three is another tough decision here because uh, they're both very good beers. I'm going to put the uh, Sweet Action from Six Point, Six point. Third. Uh, I think Novelness gives it a little bit of a bonus where it's this hoppy pale ale or hoppy cream ale that, that tasted pretty good. And, and after halfway through the glass, you started tasting some of the creaminess and, you know, some of the malt, you know, characteristics. Uh, number four, Tasman Red from Sam Adams. I feel that he's almost a hard luck loser because I liked it a lot and it's down at the tail end. And then I'm going to put the Broken Treaty in last place uh, just because I think the hops were dismantled by the Acetobacter. And um, that's the main reason. The actual vinegar taste wasn't very big at all. It wasn't a, wasn't a game, you know, wasn't a killer for it. But the loss of the hop character was really the penalty there. Okay, you cue up our end song, which I think is the other theme oh. song we were talking about. And I'll talk about the, uh, the beers that I thought. So, uh, frankly, I think that the Broken Treaty was my favorite beer, even though it may have had... Uh, a little bit of an infection. I still really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed what was coming from it. I even thought that the little bit of of acidic that we were getting from it was good and it added to it. Maybe I'm just a sour freak. Like I am, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the free tail. I'm gonna go for the hops and grain second. Uh, same as you. I, I, I really enjoyed the Pale Dog a lot, and I think that was a, a, a excellent example of what you can do with a Pale Ale. And, uh, it just, I mean, smelled great, tasted great, it had all things to it. Uh, this is where it gets a little bit harder, and I'm probably going to go with the, uh, the Sam Adams Tasman Red, uh, for the, th- for my third beer. I think that, uh, I like the balance it's playing. I like the way it's playing. I mean, and, and and for a red ale, we, you and I have issues with certain ales, blonde ales and red ales among them, and this is a really good example of of, of sort of playing both sides of the coin with the red ale, but giving you the malty and giving you the hoppy together. And I like that. I like the way it's it's, it's striking that mm-hmm. balance. Uh, probably fourth, I yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, Southern Star. Uh, just because I think that it, it, it if anything, it, it, it fit our show more than than the final beer, which was the sweet action, which was good. I liked it, but it just didn't fit the rest of the mm-hmm. show, and that's just a flight problem. And it's not uh, it, it's not uh, uh, it's not a, 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 a problem with six point at all. It's just that it wasn't it wasn't quite the right beer for this flight, and that's just. You, you you take it as you come, and, and I'm sorry, six point, but uh, it just it didn't hit for this flight. Thanks everyone for listening to Crafty Radio. Uh, Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Contact us at beardcraftbeerradio.com. I read those. Jeff doesn't necessarily do that. Contact us at craft at, at craftbeerradio on Twitter. CB at CBR Greg at Jeff Bear. Those are their Twitter accounts. We are on Facebook. We are on Google Plus, and we will be standing tall on the wings of our dreams. That's what we do. I love this. Country.